So what's up, guys? I'm Thomas. I'm really happy to be here. Um, yeah, the West Coast Warriors, that's my team. Um, there's about like around 10 of us and we've been working really hard on our YouTube channel as well. Um, so if you guys want to follow that, that would mean a lot. So appreciate that. And uh, yeah, I hope that I could answer some questions for you guys today and help you out with your journey. Yeah, thanks for hopping on, man. Thanks for finding the time. Um, yeah, we're just going to start off talking about mainly the planche, specifically your planche, I feel like is kind of different to some people's planche. And I feel like that's because of the hollow body you really get. You really, it seems to look a little bit different just because of the shape of the planche that you get. So I just want to ask you a bit more about that and a bit of general um, questions about your planche, how long you hold it, how you practiced, uh, how you learned it. So, but first let's get into just some definitions. So if anyone watching, if they, if there's a word they don't understand, we've already covered those words. So um, firstly, uh, let's talk about um, hollow body. What is a hollow body planche or hollow body position? Do you want to explain that a little bit? Yeah, yeah. So hollow body position is when you're activating your core, your glutes, all in one so that your whole body is squeezed. And you can do a hollow body on the floor. That's how I teach people to like first learn how to do it, right? You lay on your back. You get your legs up, you get your hands over your head, and you activate hollow body, eliminating the arch with your lower back. So you're straightening out your back, and that is a correct hollow body position. Applying this to the planche, um, like the reason why I feel like I have like a really big protraction is it, it wasn't always like that. When I first started my journey, I had a really, you know, not a good, ugly planche for like two years because. I didn't have anybody guiding me and I didn't know what the right form was. So I was just trying to do it in whatever way I could. Um, once I was introduced, like the right steps, the right way to start training hollow body and protraction, I started applying it and it took me about six months to change my form completely from my old form to the protracted form. Um, and it's, you know, it's still a journey, but I definitely think just like repeating hollow body exercises and figuring out a way that you can apply those protraction uh, exercises into your training um, like and make it as most realistic as possible to your actual goal of the planche is the best method of training because you don't want to be doing something that's not going to help you for what your actual goal is, you know? Um, so for me, it was, it was a lot of just training the basics, like making sure that I can hold protraction and hollow body in like a basic planche lean in a basic tuck planche you know because a lot of people they can't even push through their scapulas like that because they don't have that range of motion um and that's the big thing that i advocate now is probably the biggest reason why you can't get the strength for it is just lack of mobility and lack of muscle activation so if you figure out how to activate your scapulas in the right way activate the, your core in the right way your lower body everything starts to connect and it becomes clean. Okay, perfect. We're going to talk a bit more about that and like your process going from, you know, maybe a straighter, strict form planche to the hollow body. So well, we're going to talk more about that transition, how you were actually able to do that. But um, yeah, I guess that the next term is um, retroversion. Um, I think I've heard some people throw that about. Um, do you want to explain that one if you use that term? Yeah, we do use that term. Retroversion is uh, when you're talking about like pushing the hips down and having protraction at the same time. So 
the PPT posterior pelvic tilt, that's the just the initial pushing your hips down part. And the whole thing is called retroversion. The whole form, like the whole yeah. planche itself with the hips down, with the protracted final end result retroversion. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I was going to ask you about um, PPT as well, posterior pelvic tilt. Um, so yeah, that's nice you explained that one as well. Um, I think most people know protraction. Um, you can explain that one as well if you want. Yeah, yeah. The protraction is when you uh, when you round your scapulas. So you're not trying to round your whole back. That's a, mis- a pretty big misconception with protraction. Um, and I just see a lot of people like doing this, you know, because they don't have the strength to do it the right way at first. So they compensate with their whole back. But you actually don't want to do that. You just want to focus on rounding your shoulders forward, pushing them away from yourself um, instead of retracting them like this. The protraction will be pushing out. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. And then I think the last one is, um, or maybe the last two, uh, elevation. Do you use that term? Exactly. Yeah. Elevation is when you're shrugging your shoulders up to your ears. So in the planche, this is what we don't want to do. We want to depress our shoulders to press them down. Perfect. And then do you use ab absorb or ab absorption? Is that a term you use as well? I don't use ab absorption, but I just call it, um, elevation. I call it core elevation. So when I when I tell people like uh, to lift higher through their abs or to like go higher up in their planche, I'll say elevate through your core. Yeah, perfect. Okay, so hope everyone understands that. In case you use that in the interview, you can use all those terms, and everyone should be able to understand. Okay, perfect. So um, next, let's talk more about the hollow body planche and how you were able to learn it. So um. Is there a different technique between the hollow body planche and the regular kind of straight body planche, the more gymnast kind of planche? Is there a technique difference there or something like you have to think about specifically? Um, there is a technique difference. It's pretty much what, we, what I was just talking about, the terms that I was just talking about. It's heavily relying on elevating through your core, through your chest. And then protraction through your upper body, through your, uh, to the top of your shoulders. So like the hollow body versus a straight line planche with a straight line planche, you're, you're depressed a little bit more with your shoulders, not fully retracted, but you're just in a straight line. You're not really pushing through the protraction as much versus with the protraction, your whole body is more elevated, higher up in the planche. Perfect. Okay. And do you think one is better than the other? Or do you think it's just personal preference? Or do you think one's safer or more correct? Um, I think that if you overdo the protraction, it could cause injury. So I think doing like a more flatter planche is definitely more safer. But I like to like suggest to people to get right in between both to not have a super flat one, but also to not have a super protracted one for me the best is right in the middle um to me it's the most appealing that way but everyone has their own personal preference and it also has to do with everyone's ability to activate their muscles in a different way so for me um it's easier to activate protraction and i can activate all of my muscles better when i do that versus when i activate retraction it shuts off certain muscle groups so I can't activate my body as well as I could 
in on, in another position. You know what I mean? So for other people, yeah. it might be it might be similar. They might be able to like push their shoulder a little bit more forward than someone else and be more comfortable there. So it's all about finding what positions you're strongest at and making sure that you can remain injury free while you're training that. Okay, perfect. Um, so the next question. Um, what would be your top three exercises for specifically getting the hollow body planche compared to the straight body planche? Um, okay, so the first exercise um, that you absolutely have to start doing is just retraction, protraction uh, with your shoulders. So going retraction, protraction, they're called scapula push-ups. And you can do this for retraction, protraction, and you can do this for elevation and depression, shrugging and depressing. And doing these movements, they seem pretty simple, but when you do them over and over again, they're going to build the foundation that you need, the strength that you need in your shoulders, in your core, in your back to be able to actually hold yourself in that position. And yeah, I would recommend nobody to rush this at all. Um, it's, it's a process for sure. And you want to, you, you definitely want to take your time and build it up the progression safely, master the basics before you go into like the more advanced exercises. Okay. Do you have any other exercises like a close second and third? Let's say, let's say someone can already protract in say um, a planche lean. Um, let's say they're already good at that, but when they go to doing it in a straddle planche, or uh, maybe even an advanced tuck or full planche, then they just end up either straight or retracted. What would you say then would be a good exercise? I would say bands is your best friend for that. Um, so if you can only hold a good form tuck planche, I would say stick with the tuck planche. Find exercises that you can do to strengthen your tuck planche with that form and then move on to the advanced tuck. You know what I mean? So like if you're stuck at tuck planche, you can only hold that uh, for a few seconds protracted form, right? You're going to want to get the bands, go and hold it for longer, hold it for 10 plus seconds with a good form, you know, start adding more drills, put your feet up, feet elevated drills. Um, I can talk about that more, but feet elevated drills are some of my favorite drills for planche and they're super good for progressing up. Uh, like if you want to get advanced tuck, straddle and while maintaining the form, because with the feet elevated drills, it puts you in a level position, right? So your feet are not on the floor. They're a little bit higher. So your hips are leveled. This puts more pressure on your shoulders. It's going to make it harder. And automatically you can do a bunch of exercises. You can do lean leans. You can go back. You can uh, do pike to lean. Then you can slide your feet off the elevated surface, extend back, back onto it. You can do pulses. You can do raises. All those different things you can do in a tuck planche to strengthen it before you go into advanced tech, you know what I mean? So people just think yeah. like, oh yeah, I have three seconds clean uh, tuck planche form, so I'm gonna go, I'm gonna try advanced tuck, and, and then they fail and they can't do it. And then they start training advanced tuck, but you still didn't master your tuck planche, you know what I mean? Yeah, what would you say would be a good time where you would say, okay, I'm, I've got this progression down, let me move on to the next one. Is there a certain uh, number of seconds, like, you know, around uh, whereabouts you'd say, yeah, I can move on? Yeah, I would say once you have like a progression for like 10 plus seconds comfortably for three sets. So if you can hold, yeah. you know, if you can hold advanced hug, right, for 10 seconds clean form and then you rest and then you go and you do another set and you can do it again for a clean form, then that means that you're ready to take the next step. 
But if you have it only for one set clean form for that time, and then the next set you come back to it, even after rest and you can't do it like that, then it means you still need to master it for those three sets to get it perfect. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So quickly, I'm going to try and summarize the things you just said. So some of your favorite exercises for the hollow body. So it's the feet elevated or foot elevated planche. So I guess you can do it in different progressions. You can do it in tuck, you can do it in advanced tuck. And then whatever you want to do, leans, pulses, um, you know, uh, uh, even uh, scapular push-ups as well. Uh, that is your another good exercise you like to do. And then to have a progression down, you'd say 10 seconds, but you need it consistently over three sets. And then once you've got that, you can move on to the next one and start learning and mastering that one. I'm guessing while still maintaining what you already have as well. Exactly. And I just wanted to add in another exercise that like was a staple for me from transitioning from bad form to good form and yeah. is literally just um, working on the proper uh, planche leans. And when I would go into my planche leans, I would go from a pike position, which is like a pike handstand position with your butt in the air. Uh, right. And then you lean into the planche lean. This way, it allows you to activate all the right muscle group so it allows you to activate your protraction your uh depression and your elevation through your core as well as pushing your hips down the ppt all at the same time so that when you lean into it you're already in a perfect form and then it's a lot easier to go and start the progressions so once you're already in a good form it's easier to go into the progressions versus trying to fix it when you go into it Okay, so we've got foot elevated, then we've got scapular push-ups, and then we've got some of those pikes into a lean. Yeah, okay. And do you think those helped you out the most, or was it only at the start that that helped you out the most? And then as you went, you had to switch it up a bit? I think at the start, it helped me out the most, for sure, like understanding the right activation, what I needed to activate, and what I needed to strengthen, which muscles were weak. Um, but later on, once I started progressing more, I had to start applying this into the progressions. So starting to do this more in advanced tuck and starting to extend, try to do this in a straddle planche and then progressing obviously to a full planche. Yeah. So, okay. And when you start progressing, so you did those, those three were your favorite for when you were starting out learning that new improved form. Um, so when you start moving on to like straddle, full you said one was bands, like band-assisted planche in the full protracted form. Were there any other exercises? Like, do you have two more that you really like that you feel helped you once you already knew the form, but helped you get it, you know, unassisted in like a, a further progression, a more advanced progression? Exactly. So a more advanced progression would be, for me, it was low angle holds. It was low angle <clears throat> holds specifically because I wasn't able to hold it leveled. Um, so whenever I was going from a tuck planche, extending through advanced tuck into a straddle, I would always be at like a lower angle because I was, I was doing new form. So I didn't have the strength apparently to lift higher. Um, yeah. so I literally just did what I could. And I hold, I held those low angle holds over and over again. Every time I attempted, every time I extended into it, I was just holding for time as long as I could that low angle hold. And eventually the more I did that, I started developing more shoulder strength and core strength so that when I extended into it, it was, it was higher each time, you know? Um, and something specifically for the elevation 
in the core that helped me was box drills. Um, and those are where you take two boxes or like two chairs uh, and you put your shoulders on it. You only put like this yeah. part, this whole part. Um, so you're kind of like laying on the box like that. And you're not using your arms. You're using your shoulders and you're just using your whole arm laying on the box and then pressing up into the handstand. You can do negatives. You can do extensions into straddle, into tug. So there's so many drills you can do with the box drill. And it specifically helped me to work on my core because it took the pressure off my shoulders. And yeah. when I was injured, I broke my hand actually during this learning process doing freestyle. So okay. I was a month and a half off of any kind of gripping. So that's okay. when I discovered this drill. And a discovery I made was I only trained this drill for a month and a half. And when I came back to planche, my planche presses and everything was stronger than it was before training it so that's one of my favorite drills and i give it to all my clients starting to learn planche right away yep. as well as extensions because like if you're in in this stage where you're trying to do more advanced exercises and progress with this form you need to get very familiar with the extensions which is extending from tuck planche into advanced tuck into straddle into full um and maintaining the form while you do that so yeah. getting on the bands and doing tuck to advanced tuck extensions would be like the first exercise that you should start thinking about after you want to progress from tuck. Okay, perfect. So you say that's a good one to bridge the gap between maybe two progressions that someone's trying. Okay, yeah. perfect. So I feel like there's two methods when someone realizes that their form is maybe not the best. And uh, I guess it's kind of debated. So some people say, okay, when your form's not the best, that's okay. Because when you're first learning, you know, it's never going to be perfect. So keep going and try and improve your form. And you, your form will improve as you get stronger and do it more and more. But then some other people say, okay, if your form isn't that great, like you've moved on and your form's not great, you need to really dial it back and make sure that you're getting that correct form before you're moving on. So which one is it? Would you say, you know, someone's learning full planche. Um, would you say, okay, just keep learning full planche. You're getting the whole time, but your form's not great. Just keep going. Or would you say, oh, dial it back to straddle, even advanced tuck and really work on this specific thing? Which one would you kind of go towards? So I would say there's a balance because uh, like you don't want to only focus on form and you don't want to only focus on strength. Uh, this is where like things can, can go wrong. So I would, I would recommend to really find a balance in focusing on both because if you only focus on form then when you start like getting really better in in the form you're not going to have the necessary strength that you need to progress in the progressions and then you're going to lose the form you know what i mean so yeah. it's important to work the strength as you're working the form so i recommend that you prioritize strength always because that's how you're going to get stronger for me when i started i wasn't thinking about form at all I was literally just trying to get strong, do whatever I could. And then I started, once I got basic strength, it was a lot easier for me to start fixing things, you know? However, if you start with strength and you don't focus at all on form like what I did, you're going to develop bad habits. You're going to develop bad form and then you're going to have to fix it all. And it's going to take you a long time, you know? So that's why I suggest you start training strength, prioritize strength, but at the same time, have days in your training structure it so that you balance it between just days where you're only focusing on form so that you you uh figure out the proper activation and 
muscle activation that you need as you're getting strong. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Okay. To give you a bit about my like kind of planche journey, um, when I was learning planche, I don't know, there wasn't a lot out there. It, this was like, I don't know, maybe like five years ago. There wasn't like a, a lot of like videos or things, at least that I saw, telling me all about like protraction, elevation, stuff like that. Um, so part of the reason why I'm trying to make videos like this to help like the new kind of generation like know about these things early and not make the same mistakes. But basically, I learned the full planche, but more like a, a strict straight form rather than, um, you know, like really protracted or, or yeah, even like just like mildly protracted. I just had straight form. Uh, I, I, you know, so I was really good with the strength. So I was getting like full planche presses. So this is like a, maybe like three months ago. But then I realized, okay, my form could be better in terms of protraction. But as soon as I try and protract, then, you know, like I could not hold it. So I was in, um, like you said, I was kind of in a habit of doing maybe not so bad form or I couldn't get the form that I wanted. So I guess similar to you in your journey, um, you kind of have to relearn it or at least that's what I feel like. I, I feel like, um, yeah, I dialed it all the way back so that um, now I'm working my protraction, my protraction's way better, but I don't know if I should have been, um, I basically dialed it back, so I was only working on form really, but maybe should have carried on a bit more with the strength, because I dialed it all back, um, and now you know my full punch strength isn't there as much, because I'm not so good in the protraction, so whenever I try fully protracting the full punch, you know, I get significantly less hold times. So I guess, would you suggest that, okay, I work on both, or, you know, what, what do you think there? What would your be opinion on that? Yeah, so I feel like a lot of people struggle with this, like finding a balance, you know, between tr training the strength and the form. Um, for me, I would, I would definitely suggest like for your situation, um, like don't dial it back, like dial it back to where you're focusing on like all the things that you need on your weaknesses for the form but at the same time you have goals for like your strength right you have goals for full planche press you have goals for full planche push-up so still go for those goals right like in your training days have maybe one training day where you're just like going for your like your sets right your max sets like you're trying to get a combo you're trying to get like full planche push-up press back down and you know keep going and then you're going all out on that Versus then you have another training day where you're only focusing on the basics and the form of those basics in like tuck planche and advanced tuck, right? And so, for example, if you're stuck at advanced tuck, you can only hold the protraction and you can't hold it in a straddle. I would say just work on a lot of advanced tuck drills with and without the bands, because if you only work uh, form with the bands, you're not going to know what your body weight feels like with that form. So you have to figure out how to activate the form with the bands and then train it without the bands. So if you can hold 10 seconds advanced tuck with clean form on the bands, you'll probably be able to hold like three seconds clean form without the band. You know what I mean? So you should yeah. constantly play with this line. You should be going to the bands and then testing it without it, you know? So that way you're progressing body weight and you're progressing with the bands at the same time while you're also training for your goals, for your strength goals, for your combos, um, for your full planche. So as you're getting stronger in that advanced tuck, it's going to translate directly into that full planche. I can answer another question probably for me. When I was training planche push-ups, the biggest thing was tuck push-ups. The only thing I did was tuck planche push-ups, deep, clean, and holding it after. 
with weights, uh, with weight, ankle weights, and just doing different tempo, different variations, doing it, uh, holding it at the bottom, using bands. And this translated directly to the full planche without me even training full planche pushups. Okay, perfect. And I'm okay, I'm starting to understand a bit more. So I'm guessing this, so there's form. Yeah, it's all, it's all connected now. So there's form and then there's, there's strength. So, and I guess that generally for most people, they need to work on both, but maybe some people need to work on one more than the other, but you shouldn't exclude one and solely focus on the other. Because then when you come back to the other, you know, you would have lost it a bit. You would have, yeah, kind of lost that strength. So it's a bit of a balance between playing between the two and seeing what works. Exactly. It's really big about being aware of your own body and being aware exactly where you are in your journey and what your goals are. So you have to structure everything around that. And yeah. then if you figure out like the right things to train and the right like balance between strength, form, recovery, then you can progress in the fastest way that you possibly can, you know? Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm really starting to understand. That's something that I didn't think about. What accessory movements do you feel like will be really good for getting uh, the hollow body specifically? So not just uh, planche in general, but hollow body. No, no problem. So accessory exercises for, for planche. Um, I think great ones is going to be working straight arm things and uh, scapula, scapula exercises, as well as core and glutes. So these are the number one things that you need to, to train when first getting into planche because you first might not even know how to activate anything. And through doing these activation, uh, through doing these drills, you'll learn actually how to activate the proper form. So for me, I recommend uh, using the bands for like straight arm raises. You can step on it, uh, raise the bands, you know, up and down. You can attach it to a bar and you can do like horizontal raises what i like to do is not just going like you know up and down like this i like to do little pumps uh for me little pumps and static holes are the best method of getting your tendons strong and going for like a ton of reps because in order to get your tendons and ligaments stronger you need to go with the high volume and the and the uh low intensity um so not high weights so it's just going to be like 50 30 to 50 reps of like let's say one exercise just doing pumps uh for straight arm right uh with a light band and you do this for three sets um and i can recommend the same thing going for the scapula push-ups right you can make it harder by putting a band around your back you can hold it on the floor and you, you just do retraction protraction and then you, you follow it by elevation and depression right you do this a bunch of times it teaches you how to activate that the right way and you build strength through your scapula and through your shoulder and your chest for the core and for the glutes um i'll recommend the glutes is the number one thing that people need to work on when trying to achieve the straddle going from tuck and advanced tuck. because a lot of people they they have the upper body strength but they don't have the lower body strength to activate their legs to bring them up that's why you see all of the piked hips you see uh like the, the butt going in the air the the legs arching, you know, this is all to compensate for that proper muscle activation. So that's why we work those accessory exercises. And for the glutes, um, I would say going on the floor and doing glute bridges. Um, those are excellent glute bridges, 
dragon flags for front lever, but doing it in a half lay position. So half lay where you forced to thrust your hips up and squeeze your butt. That's the number one thing. Any exercise where you're forced to really squeeze your glutes and your legs, that's going to help you for the planche, right? Doing supermans on the floor, doing lower body leg raises on the floor. Um, imagine you're just laying on the floor. You put yourself in a straddle position. You raise your legs up and then you close it. You raise your legs up and then you open it. And you can do this for reps and it'll teach your legs to be activated as you close them and as you open them. So this applies directly to the planche. You need to have your legs activated, right? While that you keep your form in the upper body. So you can't, it all comes together. The extensions, the holds, like the protraction. Another great one for um, the lower body, for the glutes, my favorite one. It also helps for the extensions, right? You can lay on a bench or you can lay on a table. And I call them table extension drills. Um, and you just go from a tuck position and you extend all the way out into a straddle, squeezing your glutes as much as you can at the top. But the key of this exercise is while you're extending, you're keeping your core sucked in and your glutes squeezed. So there's no arching. There's no bad form or compensation happening. You're just isolating that PPT and that glute engagement as you're extending your legs. So this applies directly for the planche. And these accessory exercises I would recommend to do before the workout to activate and more so strengthening after the workout. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad you said that. Cause yeah, that's something that I've said on my channel is that advanced tuck, it's really like different from the straddle. The straddle is almost a different game because you don't have that lower body tension that you really need for the straddle for just keeping the legs up. Like the glute burn you get from just doing straddles, um, like in a band and stuff is like insane. Um, and I think straddle even more than full, just because us as guys as well, we're not really like doing a lot of straddle lifts. Uh, I think a lot of girls are to work the glutes, but guys, you're not doing a lot of straddle lifts. So you really got to like work that glute, um, like the glute medius, I think it is. Just these small parts of the glutes that you're not really working, especially as a guy, we're not doing a lot of like glute specific stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm glad you said that. Yeah. That's why those low angle holds are so good because you, you're forced to hold the planche, but in a low angle where you have the strength to do it, but you're still activating everything like your glutes. So it's really good. Yeah. And when you do those low angle holds, do you have to elevate your parallettes just so you get that bit of height? Because obviously, you know, you're at low angles. So do you need to elevate yourself a little bit? No, not at all. Um, any kind of parallettes you can do it on. Um, basically, like what you will want to do is go into it from a lean as well. And when you do it from a pike to lean, you all you want to do is just lean until your feet come like that much off the ground. So your toes should be like a centimeter to an inch off the floor and you should be in a perfect straight line with your body and that's that will be a low angle so you'll you'll be like this if you compensate with with um other muscles and you're not able to hold a low angle it's because you're either sticking your butt up or you're not leaning enough to get your hips up to get your feet up yeah okay perfect it's perfect sense yeah okay um Okay, here's another one. So if you could only do one, maybe two exercises for planche presses, what would they be? <laughs> My favorite. <laughs> um, planche presses. So I would yeah. recommend 
number one, negatives. Um, it's like if I could only do anything, I would just do negatives. But um, if there's another one that I would have to do is I would say uh, straight arm press, handstand presses, because that's going to get you used to that shoulder pressing movement. So if you're able to do like a handstand straight arm press, whether it's from a tuck planche, whether it's from a straddle, doesn't matter. You're already working that straight arm pressing movement. Um, and just, just repping out a bunch of uh, tuck planche presses um, with, with the bands. If you can't even do a tuck planche press, I recommend tuck planche pulses. So you go into tuck planche and you literally just pulse up and down. Like you're going up, 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 up and down. And you're bouncing between like the level position. But it's working this range of like pressing, you know. And yeah. that's why I, I really love a little bit of more protraction because specifically for the pressing, it makes pressing a lot easier. If you think about it, if you're more retracted and you're more flat in your French, you have less room to press if you lose the form. Whereas if you're protracted and you're here, if you lose some form as you press, you still have the strength, the base level to keep going, you know? So it makes pressing easier, but obviously if you protract too much, you're using compensation of the wrong muscles to do the press. So you want to make sure that you're developing the right muscles and not doing too much of anything, right? That's why we got to work the accessory drills and make sure we master the progressions. Because if you have a good tuck planche or a good advanced tuck planche with a good form protraction, and then you just try train straddles with the protraction, you might be starting to activate different things that you weren't in the advanced tuck. And if you're not aware of that, it'll develop bad habits. So you have to be constantly aware of uh, of how you're training and what you're activating. Yeah. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. I, I, I want to say a lot of stuff because it's a lot of the stuff you're saying is um, very similar to me and like a lot of my journey. I feel like we've had like similar journeys in a way. Um, but yeah, for me, presses, presses have all, always been difficult. And part of that is because of the form I learned the planche with. So it made the presses um, a little more difficult for me. Yeah. Yeah, and as well as those feet elevated drills, those will help you with the press as well, you know, already getting in a higher position. So starting from a high angle tuck planche and then pressing, starting from a high angle strap. Yeah, exactly. It'll help you. Yeah. Um, and just repeating a lot of it with the bands. Uh, like the more repetition you do with the bands um, and for longer max hold times, your your brain will start like understanding like this is what my body wants me to do because you're doing it for longer periods of time and you're putting yourself under more stress. If when you're training for something new and you, you don't have a lot of like hold time in it, right? Like if I'm trying to achieve a full planche, I can't just go and hold a full planche. I can't just like do it, you know? So your, your body, it's not developing that muscle activation and endurance that it needs for it. When you're on the bands for a long period of time, even if it's not like a lot of effort, it's still training those muscle groups like to to be able to hold once you start training without the bands you know and like those progressions body weight okay let's move on to the next one um um okay we'll do we'll do this because we did the presses okay so what would be your favorite one or two exercises for planche push-ups I, th I think you did mention a few that you felt helped, but yeah, what would you be your favorite? 
So for planche push-ups, um, I said tuck planche push-ups already. Uh, also a really good one is just planche lean push-ups. So those help me a lot, but planche lean feet elevated push-ups, right? So feet elevated, leaning, and then doing the push-up, but pressing straight back into the same position, back into the lean. A lot of people, when they do the, the planche lean push-ups, they do the, the lean, they do the push-up, but then they push back into either a different form or back into a push-up. You want to push straight back into that perfect form, into the lean, and then be able to hold it afterwards. The key with for me with the planche push-ups is a lot of people have pushing strength. A lot of people can do push-ups, right? Um, it's more common for people for yeah. you to see people that are also heavier that can do like more pushing strength stuff. Where the planche push-ups comes becomes hard is holding it afterwards. That's where people are like, okay, like I can do the push-up, but I can't hold it afterwards. So I say start training it right away. Start doing every single push-up with a hold after it, right? Every single set that you do, for example, planche lean push-ups, you do 10 clean planche lean push-ups at the end, hold it for 30 seconds, you know, max out on that lean because it'll, it'll tell your brain. I'm not done after these push-ups. I still got more gas in the tank. I still want to hold this. So after I do tuck planche push-ups, after I do any kind of push-up set, I always hold it. Even if it's just like I do one push-up, I hold it for one, two, three. Then I go for another push-up and I go one, two, three. So the quality of my push-ups change a lot. And that's pretty much how I progress with them is I'm literally just changing up the tempo of the push-up. I'm changing up how hard they are. So I do pause reps, right? I do, I go down halfway, I hold for three seconds. I go lower, I hold for three seconds. Then I go back three seconds. You get the point, stuff like that. Doing the push-up for 30 seconds. Try doing one planche lean push-up going 15 seconds down, 15 seconds up, 30 seconds down, 30 seconds up, you know? And you'll really understand what you have to activate because you're going slow and you're paying attention to every single muscle that you're activating and while you're doing that it's getting stronger so if you can master each range of the push-up then planche push-ups are easy you can go down you can hold it and then you know you can press back up because you've already done that in a different progression Okay, so it sounds for like the push-ups, you really dial it back in terms of progression. You weren't just doing, you know, full planche uh, push-ups or straddle planche push-ups. Dialed it all the way back to the feet elevated, um, even tuck planche with the ankle weights, and then did high volume, and then really worked on training specifically for how you wanted. So if your goal was clean push-up and hold, you trained with a real regression, high volume with a push-up hold, but like really long holds, really high volume, um, really long sets, it seems like. Is that, is that about right? Exactly. And also, this is just the beginning. Like, this is for you to start developing that push-up strength. Once you're more advanced, once you can already hold a full planche, you can already hold a straddle planche, and you still can't do the planche push-ups, that's when you need to go on the bands. That's when you need to start doing half reps. Half reps are the most important for that because people think, like, right away, I want to try a push-up. I want to go as deep as I possibly can and back up. Don't worry about it. It'll come. Just go halfway or where you can literally just go to here. Like I'll make people just do push-ups like this and they get mad at me because they're like, I'm not doing anything, but they'll go down to here and then I'll tell them hold. And then they start shaking and it becomes really hard. You know, yeah. so if you can't, if you can't go down to here and hold without shaking for 10 seconds, 
how do you expect to do more advanced things you know so it's like if you can do that in a full planche with the bands right go down halfway and then press back up and just do the half rep to where you can do it clean going down a little bit back up and and hold eventually you'll go down lower and then you'll go back up and you'll hold it and then eventually you can practice things where you go down to that halfway position and you count one two three and you push back into a easier progression you push back into advanced up you push back into strato instead of straight back into full you know what i mean because always the going up is the hardest part so you want to you want to isolate that you want to isolate that you want to go from the bottom and just work the top range okay man you're blowing my mind here this is really good information man okay um i was gonna mention something i was gonna mention something but it's okay we'll probably come to it these are great questions man this great everything is connecting as you can see you know like the form with the string with because the way that i teach I, it's like puzzle pieces you know i want everything to make sense so once yeah. you like this discover one part of it one activation leads into the other like all of this form it's not just for planche like this form that i teach it's also for handstands it's also for just doing normal push-ups it also applies into doing a lot of other calisthenic skills you know because the hollow body the protraction the core the PPT, the leg activation. These are things that you need to be strong in a lot of calisthenic skills, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You just reminded me that was my question. So um, it sounds like, you know, doing those partial reps of uh, push-ups, that seems like it's, um, you know, sort of part of the form part that you're trained specifically for that form. So when you push up, you know, you're not dropping from that push-up. So would you then also be doing attempts more of like a strength basis or unassisted with bands in straddle maybe not so good form maybe not so good a hold um you know when you push back up to the top um would you be doing that at the same time so you're getting both that form and the and the like strength or for push-ups would you just kind of resort to no that that's enough is just doing the the kind of band assisted um tuck planche with ankle weights that stuff it's a good question. Um, I'll definitely dial it back on the like attempts without like the bands. Like definitely do it for sure. But I would I would focus more so putting priority on mastering it um with the bands and just being able to do like different tempos, different variations, and like for example, like just being able to do like the half reps and being able to do it clean and then being able to hold uh like at the bottom rep for like a few seconds before you press up like that's a bigger achievement in my opinion than being able to do like a few reps like without the bands and because you might not be able to do it right away with the good form so i would suggest like like we said before like while you're training full planche uh with the band push-ups also train a lower progression but without the bands so maybe work on those tuck planche push-ups without the bands and working on getting them clean, but with your own body weight. So you could also start to see how that feels like without the bands. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Um, yeah, I think, think, yeah, there was something else. You, you, you were sparking another question in my head, but, um, I think it's all, it, yeah, it's further down now. I'm in these questions as well. I was thinking about maybe I asked that now, but no, that's okay. Okay. Um, um okay um i think a few people were asking about maltese 
So if we talk about a bit about Maltese, like, um, is there anything different you think you need to handle Maltese? Is there a different maybe method you used or something you need to take into consideration? And how long after getting full planche could you expect to get Maltese? That's great. Um, Maltese is a completely different skill than planche. It's completely different. So you got to train everything like almost like all over again. Like you have to kind of, I think, put yourself in that mindset. Um, because if you think like, oh, I have for sure having a full planche, a strong full planche makes you stronger for Maltese, like, cause you just have general better planche strength, but it, it doesn't really translate. So you have to start over and do those like Maltese specific regressions and, and work your way up just like you did with the planche. Um, this is because it puts, first of all, a lot more strain on your tendons, on your joints, right? Like for the straight arm here specifically and the form the form is different you're activating different things so when you're in a planche you're focusing more on elevation you're focusing on the core and pushing you know with the shoulders in the maltese it's you're not really focusing on elevation this is like the opposite of what you're focusing on with the maltese you're trying to get as low as you possibly can to the floor and here's where the debate comes into like wide planche and maltese right you see a lot of people having a really wide grip but they are still not looking like they're in maltese because they're more elevated up in their planche you know um so i wouldn't i wouldn't consider this a maltese because you're you're elevating too much so even if you're like wide like it still looks like you're in a wide wide planche a Maltese is when you're really freaking flat, really low. So that means that you need to train. It's a lot more on this part right here. I'll show you all of this. Yeah. Your shoulder, your chest, and your bicep. Okay. So because you're you're going here like this, you're not going here. Here, you're involving a lot more muscle groups like your whole arms and everything and all of your core and everything is helping you to stay elevated versus here you're really relying on more uh, specific muscle groups so i would suggest that you need to start similar to how you started the planche you need to start with maltese leans getting comfortable with being in that really wide position you know so holding really wide feet elevated drills leaning into it like that and just conditioning your straight arms because a lot of people they think they can just rush into it and then when they go for Maltese, they get like a micro bend in their arms like this. And if this starts happening in your Maltese, this is like the first sign of injury, you know, because it's a lot more pressure on your biceps. So when you're leaning with all of your body into it like that, you might get hurt or strain it. That's why I always say turn your biceps out, squeeze your triceps through your biceps instead of contracting your bicep so that all of the tension, it goes onto your connective tissue in your elbow and onto your tendon. So this is what you want to strengthen. You want to strengthen your tendons. And when you do that, then you can really start to see progress in the Maltese. Use the bands a lot. Go with the bands and first try to find the position, okay? Um, when you're in the Maltese, you don't want to be using a lot of these core uh, muscles to elevate yourself, okay? You want to really focus on opening your chest more leaning with your head because wherever your head follows your body will follow and then when you go with your chest 
you can activate your lats, right? So this is already different than the planche because you're not focusing on doing so much of this contraction in the planche versus with the Maltese, you have to really focus on activating all of these lat muscles to keep tight here, right? That's what's going to get you elevated off the ground, but staying in a low position versus when you're here elevated, you're, re you're relying on your serratus. That's what this muscle is called, your serratus here and your core elevation through your chest, hollow body to stay elevated. And you're using more of those shoulders versus when you go lean into it, right? It automatically goes straight onto the biceps, straight onto the chest, straight onto the lats. Okay. That's why you see those crazy gymnasts like going flat on the rings, you know, and like it looks easy is because they have developed the right muscle activation and they've strengthened the mobility in that activation. So they, they gain access to the maximum capabilities of their strength. You know, it's, it's not all about like just training your muscles. Like, okay, I'm going to do leans. I'm going to do leans. I'm going to do biceps. I'm going to train shoulders. You know, I'm going to train core. It's about the muscle activation, how you connect all of those things together and how you can use your mobility to activate your strength. Does that make any sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Dude, that was a lot of information. Really good information. I'll try and summarize, but Sorry, that was... I went on a little rant. No, 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 no. Trust me, that, that rant was probably like, that's so packed full of information. So I hope anyone learning Maltese was listening to all of that because um, it's not like even anything you were saying was just like repeating yourself. That was all like really good information. But essentially, it seems like the Maltese is almost a different skill. So even though there is some transferable strength, you kind of need to start from scratch when you're learning the Maltese to make sure you're getting that conditioning of the elbow tendons, make sure you're getting the form right, making sure you're not working on elevating yourself, that you're getting flat with whatever apparatus you're using, if it's rings, um, parallettes, um, and doing those exercises you mentioned. So yeah, does that sound about what you were saying? All Absolutely, right. for sure. Take your time with it. Like Maltese for me, like is also really hard. And for me, what, like when I was first starting my planche journey with Maltese, what helped me a lot was doing negatives into Maltese. So uh, I would say, whatever progression you can do, right? For me, it was a straddle. I would go up into a wide handstand. I would just kick up into a wide handstand. And then I would try to negative down in, in a straddle. And I just did many attempts of this, right? And I just yeah. tried to hold myself. And I would literally be sinking all the way down until my chest hit the floor. This is how I would fail the attempt. But this taught me to go as low as I possibly can until failure. You know what I mean? So yeah. if you do this with the bands, you'll be able to find that sticking point where you're like super low. And then if you can find that sticking point where you're happy with your form, how low you are, then you just need to keep repeating it with the bands, negatives without the bands. And that, that will help you a lot. And for sure, like if you can't do a full planche, like if you can't do anything full, just do a million times the straddle and the full will come. Okay. Uh, following on from that. So considering it's sort of a different skill, do you think you could start learning it even though you don't have a full planche? So say you're on straddle, do you think you could start, you know, going wide maybe or maybe doing negatives? Or do you think you really maybe shouldn't? Maybe it's not, um, maybe it's a bit too advanced. Yeah, what, what would you say about that? Um, I would say if you have the right, like, foundation down. Like, if you can, if you have straight arms, like, if you can hold a planche with straight arms, you know, if you can activate, like, 
your glutes, if you can, if you feel confident, you can activate your core, then I would suggest that you can start training Maltese earlier. Like there's no reason. Some people actually that I've met are their body types are more inclined to Maltese instead of planche. You know what I mean? Like the way that the way that they've trained their whole life and the way that they activate their muscles and where they're strong in their body is good for Maltese. Like some people, like it doesn't take them as long to achieve Maltese than it would for some people, like, because they already have that natural strength. Like for example, people with a strong chest or whatever I've noticed are better at Maltese because they can lock that in, you know? So for sure you can start training it earlier, but you have to be aware of the risks and you have to be doing it the right way. Do it safely, track your progress and make sure that you don't rush Put your ego aside, never train with pride, you know, and always think of it like in the long term, like you're not, you're not trying to get Maltese as fast as you can and show it off, you know, like you have a long time in this journey, you know, you have to think about like being safe, you know, because like for me, the first three years, I was not thinking about any of that stuff, like doing whatever I want, abusing my body, like no warm ups, And after like, many years you really start feeling that effect on your body and then it becomes harder to train those more advanced skills you know once you're already like a little bit more degraded you know so i would suggest right away start training it the right way and make sure that you can activate the right muscle groups okay all right the last question on maltese and then we'll hop back to planche um so the protraction in maltese um I guess it's a tricky one because the protraction may get you more elevated. Um, so you might feel like you maybe you want to retract or so how do you balance that? The, the protraction in the Maltese, um, yeah, it's a specific way to learn it and do it. So for the Maltese, similar to the planche, what I tell people now is you're not trying to protract through your whole back. Okay. You're not trying to do like this whole like turtle back thing. Because then yeah. you end up middle back retraction. You only want upper back retraction. And the way for upper back retraction is just to simply round your shoulders. Simply just from a standing position, all you need to do is bring your shoulders forward. Okay. And all that you're doing in the Maltese is that. Okay. You're not thinking about any of this, right? There's yeah. no core elevation. The core elevation is what gets you higher up in the planche. That's why, like, that's what is the difference between, like, a neutral planche and a protracted planche. You can have protraction through your shoulders in a neutral planche, but it won't look higher unless you're elevated through your core. You know what I mean? So in the Maltese, you're doing the opposite of this. You're not trying to elevate through your core. You're trying to contract your core and stabilize it so that your whole body is squeezed as one line. And then you're trying to lean into it, go down low as, as, as you can possibly go. And for sure, the protraction is harder to do in the Maltese. When I first started, I didn't know this. And I would just try to do the same concept as I did in planche, leaning into Maltese. And this puts a lot of strain in unnecessary places that you don't want. And like, like in your shoulders, like imagine doing like everything that you feel in a planche doing it the right form, but then trying to do that in a Maltese and then you're pushing and elevating as much as you can, it starts to hurt, you know? So it actually is going to benefit you to do less of that and to just 
accept that you're going down. Like you want to go down with your chest and then you want to round your shoulders and that's all you're doing. So when you lean with your chest and you round your shoulders, that's your protraction right there. And I, in this way, I don't end up being like too much like that. And I don't end up being retracted with my scapula sticking out. I end up being like a freaking plane, just straight and neutral. I'm guessing when you were learning the planche and the hollow body planche, I'm guessing you had a workout plan or made a workout plan for yourself, or did you kind of just go off feel? Um, I didn't really make a workout plan for myself. I'm really bad at making workout plans for myself, just to be honest. Like, I'm really good at making workout plans for other people. Like, that's my job. That's what I do is I write programs for people and I coach. Yeah. I'm a trainer. Um, so because I have, like, so much information, like, I feel like when I sit down and I try to make, like, a program for myself, like, it just gets, like, I don't know what to do, you know? Dude. So that's why I, I like to have, like, friends, like, that know me really well um, to help me, like, program my my trainings if I do program. But recently in my whole journey, like, there hasn't been any programming, like, really. Like, I've just gone based off of feel and, like, my goals. And because I'm passionate and, like, driven, like, I can keep myself, like, accountable and, and be consistent with it, you know? So, yeah, for me, like, that's that's pretty much how it's been yeah okay nice um in that case let's say you had to build a workout plan for someone let's say they have a solid straddle planche but it's just um you know uh straight form or maybe a bit retracted and they want to fix that so they get that um protraction and that retroversion in their straddle planche um could you put together like a little sample workout of what you think would be good for the general person um, to work with and fix that specific issue? So is this for someone who already has a straddle planche? Yeah, has a straddle planche. It's just a bit retracted. So it's flat, but just a bit retracted. So I wouldn't say to stop training the straddle planche. I would say that you just want to dial it down a bit and go back to a straddle advanced tuck. Because straddle advanced hook, it'll get you the closest that you possibly can to extending into the straddle planche. So think about advanced hook, how you're extending with your knees together. You're doing the same thing, but with your knees straddled, okay? And you can play with this progression because you can go from straddle advanced hook to super straddle advanced hook. And that's like the last progression. That's like you're extended like to here, you know? So all you have to do is just boom. And then your straddle, but you're already in the perfect level with the perfect form. So start with clean form, tuck planche, extending into the straddle advanced tuck, maintaining that form, and then holding, hold time, okay? If you can hold 10 plus seconds, that should be your goal with, with that form, okay? Um, and if you can do that already, like your straddle planche is going to get much more protracted because you're working a higher advanced drill with the protraction with the form that you want you know what i mean so the longer max hold that you can hold with the proper form that is going to help you to translate into it again same thing with the bands if you can already have a straddle planche hold but it's just not so protracted go on the bands and make sure that you get into it in a perfect protracted position or you extend into it in a protracted position and then try to hold that for as long as you can with the bands if it's too light of a band start from a higher band make sure you can do it for three sets then go down the band 
And you can track your progress going down the bands like that until eventually you have no bands. Okay, perfect. And then I'm guessing the accessories, we've talked about that already. So pick one of those accessories, um, one for the core, shoulders, and glutes as well. I'm guessing, um, yeah, if they're doing any more. Um, okay, so let's see. Accessory exercise. For the glutes, for the straddle planche, I will definitely recommend those extensions, right? So extending from, um, from box drills or table extensions. So you can go flat on a bench, flat on a table, or you can go both hands on a box drill like this. And that way it's helping you to focus with that elevation too. But mainly when you're extending in a straddle, you want to keep a close straddle. The wider you go, the harder it's going to be to activate your glutes. And what we need is close straddle so you can activate all of your legs. And when you're training a close straddle, this is even better because it translates closer to the full plant, right? The closer you are, the easier it's going to be to just close your legs. And then it should be basically the same form. Like when I do a straddle planche and you look at it from the side next to a full planche, it should look the same, but just with your feet straddled. It shouldn't be any change of level, you know, or anything like that. And that's solely because of the lower body engagement. That's why lower body engagement is so important for the straddle. So if they're already holding it, if they already have that, and the only thing that they want to focus on is more protraction, then that's what you need to focus on. Don't don't be focusing on other things that like you're not trying to like achieve at that moment, you know? So if it's protraction, start doing all of your retraction, protraction drills. Pike to leans, lean, do a circuit where you do 30 seconds, planche lean, hold one grip. Then you go 30 seconds, planche lean, hold another grip. And you can do all the grips, close grip, normal grip, wide grip, Maltese grip, without any rest, making sure that you still hold protraction, right? So in order to be able to do this, you don't have to lean as much as possible at each set, right? And like max out and like kill yourself. You need to focus on the activation. Every time you're in a lean, don't lean as far as you can. Just lean to the point where you can activate and you can hold it for 30 seconds. Then do the same with the next grip, the next variation. And at the end of that set, you'll realize that even though you didn't push yourself to that max lean, you're completely burned out with all of those attraction muscles and straight arm muscles that you needed for the planche because you held a whole, a total of two minutes in a planche lean. That's basically what you did. So common theme here, endurance, volume. Don't max out for everything all the time, you know, pick those foundational exercises that work for you and build endurance through those. Yeah, I've noticed that as well. Yeah, it's not a lot of max attempts. It's a lot of form and high volume. Um, and then yeah, and also exactly. working without bands to get the position. Yeah, yeah like for me, uh, what I'm also starting to learn more into my journey now, because I've had my fair share of injuries and I'm also going recovering from an injury right now. And what I'm learning is not to go 100% in any of your trainings. There's times to go 100%, right, to test yourself. But when you're training and you're trying to get better and level up, you should only be pushing yourself to 80% each time. So that way, your body has time to recover. You can train more often, more volume. You get more gains at the end of the week versus if you just train 100% two to three times. And then you have to recover for two to three days, you know? Basically, I think people find it hard to know 
okay, what progression do I go for? Do I go for the, you know, the progression that I can almost barely hold or the one that I'm kind of comfortable with? And I think you answered that, which is like a bit of both in a way. So I wouldn't say to go, yeah, like I said, try not to go 100% in every training, okay? Like, obviously, you want to go 100% when you're testing yourself or before a competition, right? But when you're just trying to train, go 80% and play with the intensities. That's like, in my opinion, the key with leveling up is it constantly playing with the different intensities. Like, I can't tell one person like, okay, do this for this amount of time and then train that hard for this amount of time. It's, it's how they react to their training, you know, and how their body adapts. So it's like, if you're at one stage of your, of your training where you're, you're really focusing on max holds and you need to get stronger with your base, like holds, then your intensity would go up, right. For that training, because you're doing more longer max holds. You're, you're not using the bands. It's more intense. It's harder. For example, if you're going for combos on the P bars, that's more intense. And then playing with the intensity, like the next day of your training, you dial it back. You don't do any of that. You do only basics, only tough planches, only, only reps, you know, using the bands, doing the accessory exercises, some days only doing the rehab and accessory exercises. Cause like a lot of those scapular retractions, like, you know, the elevation depression, pike to leans, all the glute stuff and core stuff, they're really good for rehab. So like when you get hurt or if you notice that like something's not feeling good, something is not strong enough, do these accessory exercises a lot. You can do them just as your basic training for the whole day. You can do all the imagine doing retraction protractions with the band for 10 sets. That's a whole workout. You're going to be dead. Like you're not going to be able to move your protraction after that. So playing with the intensities and the volume is super important in that sense. So a lot of people they like to stick to a traditional bodybuilding workout, like when strength building for calisthenics, right? Three to five sets, right? That's pretty normal to hear for every exercise. Yeah. Like pick, pick five exercises, do three to five sets of them, workout done. No, it's completely different, right? Pick maybe one exercise, two exercises, do 10 sets of them. And that's your workout. That's one idea, right? Maybe pick uh, 10 different exercises, and do them all back to back without resting, you know, and then rest. So like do a cycle workout, do a drop set where you do weighted workout, weight it, you add weights, but only to your basics, only to your foundations, right? So you start adding ankle weights to your tuck planches. You start adding uh, bands, resistance bands to your uh, accessory exercises. You know, you start instead of uh, doing light uh, straight arm, straight, uh, straight arm raises, you get a weight plate. 45 pound weight plate you start raising that thing in front of you you know that takes up the intensity you know so based on where you are in your journey and what your goals are you need to play with these intensities you know and whether you're more injured whether you're more sore or tired it's all based on listening to your body it's all up to you and it's up to you to modify that you know that's why i don't like to have programs because i wake up one day and i feel a certain type of way and then I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this because I feel this way. I'm going to do what feels good. I'm not going to, if I have a program and I wake up one day and something doesn't feel good and I push through it, I'm going to, I'm going to fuck it up and I'm going to injure myself more, you know? So that might shorten your progression instead of just going based on feeling. 
but you know, there, there's a balance. Like I'm, I'm in a stage right now of recovery and healing. So for me, it's good to have a program that I can follow and, you know, know exactly what I'm going to do to get better every day, you know? But like I said, it depends on the goals that you have. As soon as I transition into more hard training, more comp training, which will happen at some point when I'm more healthy, I'm going to go back to playing with the intensities, you know, I'm not going to have a program for myself or I'm going to develop a program where I can be flexible with it, where I can develop a program where one day I don't want to do this. I can just substitute it for another day that I have, you know, and stuff like that. No, that does. Cause, um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to introduce a lot of strength principles into, um, my videos and into calisthenics training. That's a lot of stuff I've been trying to program for myself a bit more, um, you know, like classic strength training. Um, so a bit different to what I've usually been doing, which has just been like three to four sets, quite high intensity, you know, like 90% or just, you know, attempts, attempts, attempts. Um, so taking a different aspect to it. So, but I'm guessing it sounds like you like the idea of having one day where it's a heavy day, high intensity day, one day where it's like a high volume day. Um, and then, you know, obviously you have rest days in between. Um, is that kind of something you like, um, or have done? So I like to sometimes do multiple days of kind of harder trainings in a row and then i'll take uh two days rest right because i'll have like three days like training like hard um and then i'll have two days rest and then i'll have weeks where i have one day harder training the next day it's kind of like a deload i'm focusing on still doing exercises but i'm either using bands or i'm doing progressions or accessory conditioning exercises and then, you know, it, it alternates like that throughout the week based on how I feel. But whenever I'm resting, I'm not fully resting. I'm always active resting. I'm always doing something to recover. On those days that you're not training or doing statics or doing whatever, you should be doing bands. You should be doing core. You should be running. You should be doing everything else that you need to be doing as an athlete. Because, like, if your goals are to really progress fast, and I don't know what it is. If you, if you want to compete in calisthenics, you know, that's what you're going to have to do to get there. Like it, it's definitely like you have to do all the things that normal athletes do, you know, but because we don't have coaches like gymnastics people do, you know, we got to be accountable for ourselves and we got to do that, you know? So that's yeah. why it's good to, you know, have online coaching and, and to reach out to people who can also help you with that. And yeah, man, this interview is great. I wanted to say thank you because it also helped spark many ideas um, for myself and I'm also trying to you know get into the YouTube more we've been working on like West Coast Warriors YouTube more content for calisthenics to push the sport and I also want to make my own YouTube channel and start posting things as well so thank you for uh you know sparking that energy no de- definitely definitely uh to go back yet yeah, um there's a gymnast I know he says about active recovery um he, that's something he always does and then you just mentioned gymnasts it, it just yeah, it all, it all connects it. It seems like, yeah, that's definitely a thing you should be doing on rest days. Maybe not every time, but probably a lot of the time. Active rest seems to be something good. You know, if gymnasts are doing it, there must be something um, that's of use there. And then, yeah, no problem uh, for coming on the channel. Uh, I wanted to talk for you for like a, a minute now because I just knew that there's something, you know, different um about your approach to it i think i've seen yeah some of your videos on the west coast warriors or maybe it was on um nikki makes channel i think um 
maybe a few things you're saying and it really clicked for me the way you explain it um so yeah no it's it's helped a lot um and yeah de definitely make a channel because i think a lot of people will want to listen to what you you ha what you have to say um but yeah like definitely like going back to the intensities you know like that's like something that like i feel like a lot of people like they don't like pay attention to is because like when you're not training and like the whole recovery aspect like i'm trying to get more into like educating athletes on this you know like when i travel i talk to all these like high level athletes that are competing and a lot of them like they don't do any of this they don't know any of this stuff about recovery about injury prevention about why do these things to make you feel better you know like because people they they know why like they know that they should do it they know they should roll out they know they should stretch they know they should rest and they should do these active recovery days, but they don't know why it helps. They don't know like the science and why they should do it. So then a lot of people become discouraged and they don't, they don't do it. They only focus on the things that they're interested in, the things that, you know, immediate, you know, reward. But if you want to do this sport for a long time, man, you gotta, you gotta take care of your body now. And I'm realizing that more than ever because of the injuries, you know, and if you're injured, you can't, you can't progress in any way, you know? So like, if you're not injured, you're always going to be making more progress than if you're not injured. Exactly. So injury prevention is one of the biggest things on my mind right now. And if you can incorporate that into your training right off the bat, like doing those rehabs and doing those like conditioning accessory exercises for your tendons, joints, and ligaments to strengthen right off the bat, you're going to be way better off like in the long run. Like if I could tell myself, my future, my past self, like when I was first starting this, like I could just yeah. go back and tell myself something. That's what it would be like. Just focus on recovery and being healthy. Recovery. Yeah. yeah. And that will 100%. translate into much more gains. <laughs> yeah. Especially what you said. If you're not injured, you're going to be making progress. That That's the big thing. And yeah, I hope you said you had an injury now. So I hope that gets better for you real soon because it's, it's tough, especially with calisthenics. It's tough, especially if it's something like the wrist or the shoulders or the elbow. It's tough, man. Yeah, man, I, I definitely want to like develop like an injury prevention protocol system or something that people can can also like, you know, get and like use um, to know like, because I've been through it all, man. I've been through the PTs. I've been, I know like all rehab exercises for like all different muscle groups, you know, and that's something that I feel calisthenics athletes definitely need, you know, especially being that we don't have coaches like on us, you know, telling us don't train now or don't do this you know it's it's pretty much all up to us you know to do everything so if we can help each other in that way that's the best way 100 percent. i think yeah there's gonna be some people that will listen to this and be like oh yeah recovery but you know until you get injured then you realize um oh yeah i should have been i should have been doing it. it's but it's, you know sometimes you you have to go through it to realize that that's what you should be doing yeah I, I guess we'll leave it there because we've covered so much you know? um i don't want to take up any more of your time so yeah thank you so much for hopping on um if if um you guys want to look at any of thomas's uh, personal training the youtube if he makes a personal one as well i'll put it down in the description below so you can find all of it yeah you've heard it here so expect some content from him um yeah so yeah thank you so much want to message me on ig uh thomas underscore kurganov for any like questions that you guys have um and same to you man if you want to just reach out we can always talk and you know we can brainstorm some ideas or anything like that yeah 
no definitely um yeah if you want to hop on i've always got ideas so um that will help some people out so yeah we'll get you back on if if you want to hop on and share more knowledge so i wish yeah. you the best in your journey man i hope i hope some stuff that uh, you know we talked about could help you as well in your your planch and keep me updated with uh your journey as well i would love to see some videos from you no definitely i will i will i'll, I'll make sure i'll make sure that I, I probably will have some questions because me and the guys but there's a whole group of us here in the uk we we were literally talking about this kind of subject today and you've answered some of the questions so yeah that's good uh travel down there one day and uh get a training in with you guys that would be awesome yeah no dude if you do yeah let me know because yeah we'll get we'll get a session in well let's stay in touch man thanks again for reaching out and i hope you have a good day